This podcast is produced by Sunnydale Studios. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast today and pay my respects to their elders past and present. No, I don't want my daughter using the same toilets as boys. You can get murdered, but I will not be spoken to like that. How rude. Got to be careful, he's being silent, so give him a full page. If you could refer to me as Mrs State Champ instead of Ness from now on, it would be much appreciated. That is so unladylike. Happy Monday, team. It has been a week in local and international news. At So Unladylike, we like to talk about the issues affecting women, the things we shouldn't talk about, we are loud, proud and incredibly fucking sweary. And we've been conditioned that we shouldn't be these things. Season two of the podcast, I wanted the gap between when we record and when the um episodes go live to be minimized so that we can literally talk about what is going on in the world for women right now, current events, social commentary, and of course, keeping with our segments, that's So Unladylike and additions to my burn book. Since our last episode, I have had a week. So if you're a longtime listener, you'll know that I have a little girl who um, is cheerleader, an amazing cheerleader, and the little darling roped me into joining her and becoming an adult cheerleader at her cheerleading club. There's an adult team. So I joined. Of course I joined. Um, Well, we had state champions on the weekend and uh, we fucking won. We won. A cat didn't know. We won, cat. I got a jacket. Yeah. We got matching jackets. They say Queensland state champs on the back. Yep, they're red. Varsity style. Very nice. Um, But, yeah, we won. We were up against five other teams and I'm a state champion now and um, I would – expect to be treated as such. Um, my Instagram bio will now be changed from journey to worthy official to journey to worthy state champ. Um, and if you could refer to me as Mrs. State Champ instead of Ness from now on, it would be much appreciated. Um, did Kalani compete? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She competed. She's amazing. She's always amazing. It's not about her. Okay. She didn't get a jacket. Um, and this podcast is R-rated, so she's not included. <clears throat> Um, and also this week I've had an iron infusion yesterday and I don't think state champs should need or require iron infusions, but it appears that they do. Um, so my, (laughs) I received the iron infusion on the day that I got my period and was, it looked like a crime scene at my house. Um, my period, my, my period products weren't lasting even 45 minutes before needing to be changed. So I went to the iron infusion with black pants on. That's a must. Never wear white when you have your period. Um, or wear white and bleed. Who cares? What are, what are people going to say? Excuse me, you're bleeding. I'm aware. I'm aware. Uh, black pants, period undies with a pad on top of the period undies and a super tampon. And I made it from home to the doctors before the tampon was already, yeah. So I'm like, put the iron back in. I'm going to bleed it back out. But look, I... My period was 21 days late and I have never spent so much time on Google researching whether a vasectomy can grow back (laughs) because I just wasn't sure. Am I pregnant? Is it menopause? Is it perimenopause? No, I could be pregnant. Have we had sex? Can we have sex? Can can I even get pregnant anymore? But apparently there's a less than 1% chance of the Vance deference growing back, but it can happen. It can happen. Is it likely? No. But is it impossible? also no. But I'm not with child, so I digress. A lot has gone on in the news this past week from local schools being requested to install unisex toilets, and uh, I welcome opinions on this one, to Britney Spears addressing her son Jaden in a now-deleted, unlabeled YouTube video. But before we get into it, 
Let's share an avid listener's most unladylike moment. It's time for, oh my God, it's so unladylike. Okay, I don't even have notes on this one. So um, this was told to me in person by a listener and it involves periods again. We love periods. So she was at her but her new partner's house, at parents' house actually, and um, she had her period and she was a little bit uncomfortable in the bathroom, changing her tampon, wasn't quite sure what to do. There was no, didn't want to flush it down the toilet obviously, didn't have a little bag anywhere, so she rolled it up and put it in the little uh, bin beside the toilet. Anyway, going on with her day and notices the um, family chasing the dog around and the dog's got something in its mouth <laughs> and she had a, um, am I remembering this correctly? Yeah. yeah okay. <clears throat> and the dog is running around with something in its mouth and it's that moment that our lovely listener realises that that dog likes to eat out of that bin. That dog likes to fetch things out of that bin in the bathroom. It's, you know, things have been taken from there before. So she runs into the bathroom her tampon's gone and she knows the dog has this tampon and there's her potentially mother-in-law and sister-in-law, everybody running around trying to get something out of this dog. She just looks at the dog and he's just got a lovely big red grin. <laughs> you know, it was day one, I think. Cycle was heavy. Um, and, uh, yeah, they said, no, it's okay, we've got this. And uh, her, new, her new family members potentially um, got introduced to her tampon in her dog's mouth. Um, I died when she told me that. I can't, like, we don't, I know we don't need to be embarrassed about periods and things, but still when you're first meeting people and their dog is eating your tampon, that's that's an unladylike and an uncomfortable moment. What do you say after that? What's for dinner? <laughs> do you have another tampon? <laughs> Can you please install a sanitary bin in your home? <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing that story and um, always DM me or... If you see me in the streets, please come up and tell me your so unladylike stories. I love them and I will always make time for a so unladylike story. We can even create one together. All right, we're going to move on to Brittany and I think there's a bit of a timeline needed. So I've spoken to some of my friends about this and some of them weren't even aware that Brittany has released a another YouTube video uh, addressing Kevin Federline, her ex, and also her son. These videos go up with no visual. They're just her audio. They're untitled and they disappear very, very quickly. And I luckily was able to grab some of the audio, which I will share a little bit later. Uh, but let's do a bit of a timeline of, um, of all of this. So we know that Brittany was finally released from her 13-year conservatorship in November 2021. And we haven't heard her speak independently at all, really, since the conservatorship began. We know she wouldn't have been allowed to do that. And she's remained quiet since it ended, except for, you know, little passive-aggressive digs at her abusers, family abusers, um, or word salad posts, which they're sometimes really hard to decipher, but that's Brittany and we love her. Uh, on August 5th, we heard from Kevin Federline. So that's her ex, the father of her children. We haven't heard from him at all this entire 13 years. So August 5th, he tells the Daily Mail that Britney's boys, Sean and Jaden, no longer wish to see her because of the nudes that she posts on Instagram. And excuse me, what? What the fuck? Who do you think you are? What, what about teaching them the value of a woman, that sexuality does not increase or diminish someone's worth, that a woman reclaiming herself, her body, her life, her independence, her autonomy is not something to be 
ashamed of and that our ability to be loving, caring, doting mothers has nothing to do with how much or how little clothing we do or don't wear. It just drives me crazy that constant narrative about a woman's worth based on what she does for a living. And as you know, we had Tamara on last week who was um, working in the adult industry as a child. Did that make her any less of a mother? Of course it bloody didn't. And if Brittany wants to have, she's always been told how to dress and what to wear and what to do and when and what drugs to take and how and when, and she's been controlled for her whole life. And I love seeing her nude posts and her cheeky posts. I think it's fantastic. She looks so young and free and I'm. it upsets me so much that a father had this opportunity to teach his boys about value and worth of women being beyond their sexuality and he not only didn't take that opportunity but he um, made it worse, contributed to the narrative more so by taking it to the press. Um, He also has really encouraged, by doing this, he's encouraged the withdrawal of affection towards Brittany from her children and essentially I see that as punishing Brittany for being and doing what she wants. It only further strengthens the evidence that this woman has been nothing but abused for 13 years and that those boys, those kids are being used as pawns, which is so often the case in marital breakdowns. Marital, not maritable. I'm not well. As if like you're thinking that's that's bad, that's bad. Well, if it wasn't bad enough, on the 4th of September, Kevin went on 60 Minutes, didn't he? For a reportedly large sum of money, it's reported that he received $2 million US dollars for this interview. So it's interesting, isn't it, that he, he claims that he did, and in this interview, he claims he did nothing to help Brittany because he was too busy raising their sons, Sean and Jaden. I mean, supporting their mum, would have helped those boys tremendously. And I think your role as a dad would have been to really, you know, try and help get their mother out of that situation. But you're busy. You were so busy. You know, you, you, well, she was being essentially held hostage. Busy Kevin is having everything paid for by Brittany. So she has been paying him $40,000 a month. Um, he had a lot of spare time in these 13 years, he didn't really work except for a small stint as a DJ where he was earning 3K a month. And because he was only earning 3K a month, he actually tried to triple the amount of um, support that Brittany was paying him per month. Now, the boys are 15 and 16 and Brittany is no longer obligated to pay that 40K to Kevin once they hit 18. Now that she's free, if she was to regain some custody because he has sole custody and she had visitation rights, if she was to regain some of that custody, the amount that she pays would be lowered. It's similar to Australian child support, I guess, where the um, custody split of the children um, alters how much child support is paid. So it's interesting that he is looking to perhaps lose some money and now he speaks up. Couldn't speak up for 13 years because he was too busy, but now that she is free and able to retaliate and able to be a parent and perhaps his payday is going to get cut, he suddenly wants, he's got something to say. For $2 million, he's got something to say. He claimed that the boys requested not to see Brittany and haven't seen her in months, which just, as a mum, just kills my soul because I'm sure the only thing that really kept her going in this past 13 years is knowing that her boys are out there and that soon she'll get to have that relationship with them that she wants. They didn't attend her wedding and why? Because of some nude Instagram photos? That's what Kevin has been insinuating, that they didn't attend because of the photos. To make this 
interview even more disgusting. It features a small segment from Britney's son, Jaden, where he praises Jamie, which is Britney's dad, her main abuser, the guy who um, was her conservator, main conservator for them uh, until September last year. Uh, he praises him for protecting his daughter, which sounds very much like words put in mouth to me. Now, Jamie, Kevin took a restraining order out against Britney's dad, Jamie, to keep him away from Jaden, who's now saying that he was doing the right thing. There's absolutely manipulation and money at play here. The whole thing is disgusting and gross, and I am so glad that Britney is coming out and talking about it. However, I'm a bit torn with feelings that these are adult issues and the children are being dragged right into the middle of this by the media, by their dad, um, and even by Brittany now because she's gone public as well. So this brings us to current day Brittany. Just this week she has released a voice recording addressing Jaden's segment of the interview and it is heartbreaking. So we're going to have a little listen to some parts. So Jaden, as you undermine my behaviour, just like my whole family always has, with I hope she gets better, I will pray for her. Pray for what? I keep working so I can pay off mom's legal fees in her house. Do you guys want me to get better so I can continue to give your dad 40 grand a month? Ah! Or is the reasoning behind you guys deciding to be hateful is because it's actually over in two years and you don't get any. Ah! Preston would sleep. He would play the piano the whole time. And if I didn't shower you guys with gifts and have amazing food ready and play a motherfucking saint, it was still never good enough. That one time I asked you, look straight in your eyes, I want to see you more. You called your dad. I never saw you again. I didn't do anything wrong, and I know I'm not perfect, but the love I've given you and how much I adore you and your diplomatic ways, speaking like Papa, self-entitled, this can be fixed. I will see her when she's better. Jaden, it was a miracle I could even have a normal conversation when I got out of that place. But you were just like my other family. You secretly loved looking at me as something was wrong with me because I paid for every fucking thing in both homes. I needed unconditional love and support. But guess what? The whole twist of it all, I was in the greatest state I'd ever been because I was actually able to speak up 100% and say no. It saddens me not one of you valued me as a person. You've witnessed me how my family has been to me, and that's all you know. That last sentence, that's all you know, right there is spot on. That's all those boys know. That's all they've been taught. That's all that has been fed into their little brains. So that is all they know. They say that they'll start seeing her again when she's better. They have been groomed and conditioned and gaslit into believing that everyone else was trying to help their poor mum, their poor sick mum. Brittany is a 40-year-old woman now, but these boys are still kids at 15 and 16. The way they've been brought into adult issues is just so gross to me. You do not discuss adult issues with children. I had a, I had a question come through on my Instagram the other day, um, and it was how – how did you talk to your kids about why you left their abusive dad? First of all, it, it's only my eldest and she wasn't even two. My other two kids are to my, my current husband for now. Behave or else, you know, you might be gone too. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, so I didn't talk to her about it. She was two. It's an adult issue. Her safety and happiness was always 
paramount to me and it was more important to me that she had a sense of love and security than it was for me to know that her um, sperm donor biological piece of shit dad was a piece of shit. It was much more important for me. Not her problem, not her issue and not her trauma to carry, mine. We don't need to pass this down to our children. I think you need to meet your children where they're at as well. So if you've got an eight-year-old child and they come to you and they say, well, you and daddy yell a lot, talk to them about that. But you don't need to bring in the times that daddy hit mummy or anything like that. If your child is not aware that that's happening, it might not need to be something that needs to be discussed at that time. You need to meet them with where they're at. If they come to you and say, I have seen this happen, then you discuss that. Um, It's, yeah, it's it's a good tip I take through with everything I talk to my kids about, where are they at with it? There's no point talking to them about, for example, um, my friend was speaking to her little girl about the dream world accident when people died and her daughter was only really, really little. She hadn't asked what happened at dream world who died. She had just asked what um, was the ride broken. So then you say, yes, the ride's broken. That ride won't be at dream world anymore because it's an adult issue and children don't have the capability to understand. So meet them where they're at. But yeah, these poor boys have been exposed to it, what I consider to be parental alienation. So they don't believe that Brittany is worthy of a relationship with them. And there is absolutely no way in hell that they came to that conclusion on their own. I also, I love Brittany and what she has been through is disgraceful and I, I just want nothing but happiness and freedom for her. But the way she's addressing Jaden in this public post isn't okay either. It's not their fault. And I know she feels hurt and I know she feels betrayed, but it's not their fault. This is not them. These are not, the words are coming out of their mouth, but someone else has put them in there. It brings more media attention to them, including allegations about their dad, where Brittany has now shared that their their dad smokes pot and, you know, and so now they're hearing that their dad is a piece of garbage and that their mum is not worthy of their love. I hope they receive a lot of therapy and someone mediates a mended relationship for the kids with each parent individually because the whole thing's a mess and those boys don't need to carry that trauma with them through their life either. The whole thing is just so sad and, Brittany, we at So Unladylike are rooting for you. We love you. You are a worthy queen and you've got this. Okay, let's move on to another topic, local news now. We are talking about Catholic Queensland schools, a, an article that I discovered um, only yesterday on the Daily Mail. So there was a, the article talks about how there's a fresh push to install unisex toilets in Catholic schools. It's essentially to create a safe and inclusive space for non-binary and transitioning children, students. And the comment section, oh, my God. Let me read out some of the comments. Sounds dangerous to me. Already have them on the sunny coast and my daughter doesn't feel safe to use the toilets anymore. Um, No, I don't want my daughter using the same toilets as boys. This is dangerous and not safe. They did this in Canada and sexual assault went up 70%. Definitely the toilets. I think some teenage boys are going to mess with some teenage girls. That's that's my favourite. Mm. 
I was expecting transphobia in the comments, but what I got was absolute confirmation that despite people always coming for me on TikTok to declare that it's not all men, the majority of people, men included, just assume girls are going to be sexually assaulted or raped because they will be in the, in the vicinity of boys in a bathroom. Like literally every time I post a TikTok discussing issues affecting women, especially if those issues affecting women um, have predominantly male perpetrators, um, they come for me in the comments that it's not all men. Maybe if you spoke nicer, men would want to help. Yes, men would want to help end the abuse, murder and uh, rape of women, but only if you ask them nicely. You've got to ask nicely or they just won't do it because they just don't want to be spoken to like that. You can get murdered, but I will not be spoken to like that. How rude. Fuck off. The comments were so telling and an indication of a much larger problem. Statistically speaking, we have a massive issue in Australia with the sexual harassment and assault of women and the intimate partner abuse and murder of women. And whenever I talk about it, someone says, but not all men. Speak nicer. Men will be more inclined to listen to you. These are actual comments I get on TikTok. And when the conversation is about a man's daughter, mother, sister, or wife, he's suddenly also protective and absolutely can't trust a man. But when it's someone abstract, a stranger, someone on the internet, someone else's child, it's not all men. How about like statistically speaking, a smoker will get lung disease, some form of lung disease. Not all smokers, but you know the chances are high. Or snakes are dangerous. Not all snakes will kill you, but, you know, most of us can't tell which ones are venomous and which ones aren't. We can't tell just by looking at them. And statistically speaking, when someone is killed, be it a woman or a man, it is most likely a man that has perpetrated the homicide. Not always, but literally over 80% of homicides are male perpetrators, and that's male and female victims. So you're in there, boys. We're talking about you as well. So how about just joining the conversation and not fighting it? All women are at risk, fellas, all of us, and we can't tell who's a risk to us just by looking. It's time you admitted that. It's time you joined us. It's not just the women you are related to or attracted to that you need to protect. But I'd be interested to know, I, look, I mean, in the comments, I want you to come and speak freely. Come to me, email me, inbox me, whatever the case may be, with your opinions. Everyone's entitled to them. But I think these comments highlight something else. It subtly puts the onus back on girls. If something happens, they've been assaulted because it's a shared bathroom. Ban the unisex bathroom. The unisex bathroom's the problem, not the boys. It's the bathroom. Keep the bathroom separate and then the girls won't get raped and assaulted. Boys can't be trusted to not rape or assault, so keep the girls away from them. Or imagine this. Imagine this. Or we tackle the bigger issue. Boys, men, instead of teaching girls and women how to walk safely at night, how to go on a date safely, and God forbid, how to go to a bathroom at school safely without fear of being raped or assaulted or their parents fearing they'll be raped or assaulted, we need to be teaching boys about respect, other humans' worth, self-control, how to report one of their friends, how to stand up to another male. These are key things. For guys, because I know that when you are surrounded, you become what you surround yourself with. And a lot of boys aren't taught what to do when they see something happening that they know is wrong. How can they report it? How can they stop it? How can they contribute to ending it? <laughs> we also need to um, 
teach boys and men how not to rape and sexually assault girls. Girls aren't the problem here. Unisex bathrooms aren't the problem here. If you're scared these things are going to happen, then there's a, a cisgender here that we really need to do some work with. I personally think, okay, this is my opinion. I know I don't give it ever, often. The unisex bathroom I think is brilliant. I think non-binary and trans children are at an increased risk of severe depression, moderate to severe depression and suicide. And I dare say they are at a higher risk of assault and bullying if they are forced to use a bathroom for a gender that they feel dysphoric with. So I think the bigger issue here is to teach kids about acceptance and inclusion and about bullying and assault. But the yeah, the comments, oh my gosh. I just it just highlighted to me how much work we've got to do. And finally, can you just stop saying not all men, not all boys when we bring up these issues? It derails the important conversations to make you feel better, guys. Contribute or respectfully sit down and shut up. All right. I feel that was all a bit heavy. Um, so I think we should all refill our mimosas. And shall we lighten things up a little bit with an addition to Nessa's Burn Book? Okay. This week, we've moved away from one of our own. Kimmy K, you're off the hook. Page three of the Burn Book. We are adding Steve Price to the Burn Book today. Old Stevie. Stevie made a big fuss in the media this week. Having a sook that white old men have been cancelled, that they can't say racist, sexist and homophobic things anymore without people cracking the shits. And how very dare we, how very dare we fight back against racism, homophobia and sexism. The, the irony is that in order to share his story that men are being silenced, Steve was awarded a full page in the paper to share this. <laughs> so silenced, like full page. I mean, you know, woman murdered, meh. Indigenous woman murdered, you won't even hear about it. But Stevie Price, you know, well, got to be careful. He's being silenced, so give him a full page. He's also a panellist on the project and hosts a radio show. So, Steve, I'm so, you're so oppressed. You poor old white, rich, very employed man. The price is just not right today, Steve-o. You're in the bin. All right, that does us for today's episode. Once again, please DM me with your So Unladylike moments or if you have an addition to the burn book, send it through to me because not only can I add it to the burn book but we can discuss in DMs at, at, in great detail and we can absolutely burn some people and it'll be fun. It's all about community, guys. So have a great week. Until next week, I will got Jesse coming on next week um, and we'll be discussing more issues going on in the world for women. And I think we might even be tackling influencers and how I feel about them. How I feel about influencers. Do I think it's a bit of an insta wank? Perhaps I do. You'll have to tune in next week to find out though. Bye, bitches. If you love this episode, please be sure to subscribe, follow, and rate us five stars. Join us on Instagram at So Unladylike Pod and Journey to Worthy Official and keep sending in your questions, confessions, and opinions. You guys are so unladylike and we are here for it. See you next week, bitches.